Hello, everyone. This is Wade here. Um, in light of recent events in Manchester, England, we felt that it was only necessary for us to start our episode six in this manner. Our guest this week actually happens to be an active service member and a close friend of ours, so we would like for him to deliver our message. As a uh, listener of the Big Red Van, I have uh, come to love this show and, and come to know it quite as a, a comedy show. And um, at this moment, we're going to kind of take a step back and you know, show our respects for the people of Manchester, uh, the 22 that have died and the 51 that are wounded. You know, we want them to know that our hearts and our prayers are with the people of Manchester and that they have our support. And we really hope that we can find a way to come together and to see that we never have to experience this anywhere ever again. Thank you, everyone, again for listening to The Van. You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. What's the name of the bar? King's Bowl. It was a bowling alley, but it actually had three separate rooms to it. It was really sweet. So, so you was wa- a room for pool tables, right? Well, there was pool tables in the bowling alley room. Oh, okay. So there's one room you walk in. It's called the draft room, and it's where I was telling Hayden they have a whole bunch of dr- different draft beers, both local and import. You know, imported from all over wherever, but draft beers. And then they have a whiskey room. Where it's Ooh. kind of the same idea, but it's a whole bunch of different kinds of whiskey. So My if, favorite kind of place. I know, man. Like, if I was a whiskey aficionado, I would have been able to ask some intelligent questions, but I didn't really have any. But you guys saw that picture of uh, the dude from the Big Lebowski that was painted on the wall. Yeah. yeah. That I sent you, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was freaking sweet. The and dude abides. I wanted to take a picture and post of another one, but I thought it would be corny for two. But a uh, picture of Big Earn from uh, Kingpin. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Bill Murray's character mm-hmm. with it's the scene where his afro or his his afro, his comb over is like standing straight up oh. and he's got the bowling ball that's holding straight up in his arms and he's got his legs split. <laughs> he got that crazy look in his eye. That's also painted on another wall. That's so, so awesome. It's really cool. Anyway, I was there for the Preds game. For game five. Yeah. I was actually there for game four and for game five. Game four on Thursday night and then game five on Sunday night. Game four they lost, and mm-hmm. it was crazy. The, I was in the same place mm-hmm. for the two different games. One they lost, one they won, and the atmosphere obviously was crazy. But they've just come back and owned every other game. Man. Obviously, where we stand today, they're playing for the Stanley Cup. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> yeah. it's it's skirt. It's if you skirt, listen to skirt. the last episode, it is skirt, absolutely skirt. <laughs> I mean, in Nashville. I brought it up the other episode because I was like, "This is going to be Tennessee's first professional, like, championship title." I mean, they're, they're almost there. They almost there. They've man. got a legitimate chance. Almost. Now, do you remember? Um, I do. They call it Miracle in Broadway in two thousand with Tennessee. Uh, the Titans? Music City Miracle. Mu- Music City Miracle. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember it. You know why I remember it? Why? Because it Lost happened against my Buffalo Bills. That's how <laughs> oh. I remember it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So not only did we demise in four straight Super Bowls, but we had to eat the Music City Miracle in Nashville. So, <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. But local sports guys are talking about how this 
right now, as it stands, might be the greatest accomplishment in national sports, even though the yeah. Titans got to the I Super would Bowl agree. and lost. Well, mm-hmm. I will tell you, there has been a record made, which was, I believe the last game was a game they won 6-3 to three against mm-hmm. the Mighty Ducks, and the record was made by the loudest uh, roar of a crowd on an indoor stadium. You know what, you know what they broke, though? What they break? Well, do you, tell me what number they got to. Oh, come on. I Do don't you know, know the specific number. No. Well, because I know what the record was because it was near and dear to my heart because it was my, <laughs> my Kansas Jayhawks at Allen oh, Fieldhouse held okay. the record for the largest indoor crowd at 130 decibels. Oh, my. So while I was, wow. when I was there, game three in Nashville hit 127. Wow. I think it was game three. Game, four, game three hit 127. Game four hit 129. And they were talking about it on the radio about how it was getting close. But the record, Guinness Book of World Records, was held by, at Allen right. Fieldhouse by the Kansas Jayhawks, which I thought was super cool because I'm, you know, from there, huge, huge Jayhawks fan. So we talked about the Preds. Everyone listening, yeah. anyone that's not <laughs> seen them, go watch them. Mm-hmm. Go watch to. them. It's it, exciting. It's so crazy how exciting it is. I was talking about the two different atmospheres <clears throat> of the bar. First game they lost. Man, when they scored, and and the the other when Anaheim scored, sucked the air right out of it oh, of the yeah. bar. I mean, it was sick, just deafening. It was crazy. Are you a hockey fan? I watch a little bit. You a little bit? A little bit. Nor- normally, when it starts getting a little closer to the time of the playoffs and and obviously the Stanley Cup, I happen to be in New York when I watch the Rangers playing. You know, for and the it's a whole other level up there, years. right? Oh, it is. Uh, being in the bar up there, I mean, you're talking about, I'd say probably a good hundred. 120 people just going crazy raging and i'm up there you know i'm from south but uh i know nothing really you know but they score and they chant and they scream and they buy drinks and i'm just screaming along with them i don't know why but i'm doing it it's easy (laughs) i did the same thing you know so anyway who is this guy that's talking to us this this fourth voice in the room david thank you for joining us this is our buddy david came in town for glad to be here for the show so able to stop by and and jump in we appreciate your commentary smart guy i've known you for only a few years now, maybe four years or so, and every yeah. every time we get together and talk on the back porch, it's always <laughs> it's uh, a hoot. It's uh, <laughs> a uh, <hoot>. lightning, <laughs> yeah. So a hoot. There you go. So the Preds, man, watch the Preds. Yeah, watch them. Any and everybody, watch them. Get Definitely. you some yellow. Everywhere is going to make crazy money selling Preds gear. <laughs> oh, yeah. So needed to start it off with the Preds. So how about this? Have you heard everybody have you heard about space sperm? <laughs> yeah. Not me. Space sperm. Yes, sir. That's what I said. Or what Wade said. Space sperm, Hayden. What is space sperm? Okay, so it's not as weird as you think it is. Yeah, it is. It does include sperm. Nothing though. to do with space balls. Uh, I wish it did. <laughs> I mean that movie. No, not really. Lord Helmet. Sorry, that was didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Uh, I was your father's father's <laughs> best friends, uncles, cousins, former roommate. Or roommate. <laughs> That's like the literally my favorite part of that movie. Uh, okay, no. To take off the, you know. What's space burn? You guys want to know. Okay, so the, this is a experiment they did on the International Space Station. And what it, it was actually. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, okay, no, I believe it. I'm just saying. I it mean, is no, yeah. David. Um, so no, uh, it was actually a Chinese experiment. They were the ones that like wanted to do this, and what they did was they took white mice, which are you know like the typical 
test subject mouse they use for just about everything. Um, so they took white mouse sperm and took it up with them to the ISS and then put it outside the spaceship, like frozen outside the ship. They've done a lot of experiments like that where they try and get plants to grow and bacteria to stay alive and things like that. Okay. Um, but they took mouse sperm up there and let it just be exposed to the to space. And it, you know, freeze-dried because it's very cold and out in space. So it just freeze-dried hard. And that was... And they left it outside for, like, days. With the hopes of what? To see if certain kinds of life can live in space and stay viable. And so what they did was they tested... That if this, you I know, molecular level life could live in space and in like, you know, frozen in the coldness of space. And it did. And they brought it back, brought it home, and then was able to impregnate female with mice it. with wow. it. What? Yeah. So... What they're trying to test Sperm. here, and you're you're gonna love this word too. So there's another theory. So it's like cryogenics from like the Austin Powers movies. Like <laughs> yeah, where he's freezing the sperm. It, yeah, you know, thirty years later, whatever. You gotta wonder where they get this idea. Maybe, it and it's just Powers. as good bringing it back down to Earth. Yeah, just like his big boy spaceship. Well, what they were just saying is coming out of the hamburger that. that that lo- it is possible for living things to maintain itself in space. Okay, and here's the reason why they're testing it. So this, so, this is uh, where it gets weird. But sperm is considered this a is living where it gets thing. Weird. Okay, yeah, sperm is totally. It's DNA. It's it's alive. It swims. That's <laughs> true. Okay, so let me let me go on here. So this is the reason why they're testing this thing. So this is like a, been an ongoing theory. This you know I'm talking about this is have you heard because they they just successfully did this like this week. This was. Very new news as far as what that's going on. So, but the theory has been around for a little while, and the theory is called panspermia. Wow! <laughs> All right, and it's been around a while. People get paid to do this stuff. No, <laughs> so this is what panspermia is. So, the theory that life can be frozen inside of a piece of a a comet or something like that, like bacterial life. And can just be floating along across the great distances for just eons. And then crash into something and basically rehydrate and be alive. Okay. And so panspermia is the theory that that's how life got almost anywhere and everywhere across the universe. That's a hell of a name. That is one hell of a name. I think it's a hell of an idea. What do you want to call this real quick? I mean, that's about as radical as Jurassic Park, right? (laughs) I mean, a mosquito getting trapped in a thing of amber. Yeah. And then redoing all dinosaurs from one mosquito's DNA. Yeah, there wouldn't be any DNA in that amber. It would be total stone. So There goes my childhood. But so the the very... (laughs) So they tested this so that they could check the validity of panspermia. (laughs) <laughs> there t- because here like yes so what this is also another big thing we talked about mars in some episodes back so the theory is is that if we go if we find some sort of bacterial life on mars and it's dna based as in like the life that is on earth panspermia because its validity goes way up because what that would mean is is that say an impact or hit mars 4 billion years ago when it did have life on it and hurtled life to Earth, and that's why Earth has life on it. 
Like, so that's also part of that's part of panspermia, part of the belief, mm. and the fact that comets can actually be ejected from solar systems, and comets are basically all frozen water, um, and comets can be ejected from a solar system and just travel across empty space. It might take it fifty million years to get somewhere, but it can totally make its way to a different solar system, crash into a planet, spread life again. Mind blown. Yep. Wow, that's Pans- what panspermia is, and they are trying to test the validity of that. I would like to use so what the they do is in a conversation. See uh, if you, I get away with that's it. that's your challenge. <laughs> right. That's your challenge within the next six days. Panspermia used in a normal conversation. Yes, sir. <laughs> Please let me. Know. I just think it's Sounds. a really neat thing that they're trying to test, and one just it was just a funny way. Why didn't you give me panspermia instead of space sperm? Because <laughs> yeah. space sperm is funnier. Come on. Well, <laughs> okay, so I I, I think it's. That's super interesting. We got to have man. a little that's, bit of comedy in that's, there. That's that's a Hayden. Have you heard for sure? <laughs> have, I've got one. How about this? Have you heard? Everybody, have you heard about moon dust? Okay, the moon dust that was. I, I'm just going to say moon dust. You heard about anything that happens to do no, with moon dust? So we got no two idea. things that have to do with space. I know what the right moon the is. Top. So you know what the moon <laughs> is. You I guys know it's remember got dust on it? Do you remember the year? This history time. Pop quiz. Do you remember the year that uh, Neil Armstrong landed on the moon? 1964. Oh, I was going to. Is it three? Come on. Don't cheat. What's your guess? 1960. What's your guess? July 16th, 1969. July 16th, 1969. <laughs> what? I love it. It's amazing how that just came out of the net. Do you guys, <laughs> I don't know if you remember any of that grainy footage. Obviously, none of us were alive, but going back and seeing it of him hopping around you right. know, on the moon. I don't know if you've ever seen the part where he bends down and he picks up a sample of dirt, yeah. basically. And so one astronaut said that it was a very fine powder. It's like, like talc a graphite. Powder. Smelled something similar to like gunpowder. Is kind of what mm, one astronaut cool. recalled as it. You know, it has. Mm. So anyway, NASA has this sample, and they're supposed to have it in this vault. You know, um, from 1969 when they get back or whenever. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Do you know the exact date that they landed back? It was only a few days later. Yeah, okay. They're, they, so. it, they're no, they were only on the moon for like I'm just hours. testing. I'm just testing. Yeah, they so. were only on the moon for like hours, and then they hopped back, and it was like a, a couple days ride back home. Right. So they get back. They get all the samples and stuff. I mean, anyone on vacation would collect a sample anywhere. You well, know, of course, of course well, the of course, moon. When you're at the moon. So you're going to get it. So anyway, somehow this gets placed somewhere where people that own – different types of um cosmic uh cosmic um auction places or places that sell things from space or maybe you buy yeah, space like, rocks and you sell yeah. them third party like meteorites get auctioned off and they're very expensive. so these people some people have access to these things anyway this one guy from small world from a small town in kansas owns one of these places and steals the bag a bunch of stuff, including the bag of space dust. Oh, so it was stolen. It, initially, this wasn't listen. An ac- oh, okay, okay. Initially stolen. Okay, the I guy this gets was an accident. The guy gets caught, and all of his stuff gets returned to NASA. Well, then there is a big miscommunication with the bag of moon dust, and it gets put up for an online auction instead of getting put back into a vault. Huh. <laughs> no one really realizes what it is. Okay, so. Very rare, like one-of-a-kind moon dust. <laughs> I had to give the backstory of this so that you understood what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay. So, follow. This woman, a lawyer from Chicago, just recently purchased this bag of moon dust in an online auction for $995. Good for her. Okay. I'd have paid that price. So, 
she is thinking, okay, I, I think this is legit. I want to send this to NASA and see if it's some legit moon dust. NASA gets it, and they're like, nope, oh. this is ours. We're keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> this is our moon dust. This does not belong to some lawyer in Chicago. So well, that is how the law is. The law, the government can take things in under certain statutes. Apparently, no, I meant like for example, if you uh, someone stole something from you and then sold it to a pawn shop, and you went to that pawn shop, they got to give it to you. But NAS, the government is who claimed it from the guy who stole it. So mm. the federal government is the one who initially made the mistake, and not like someone stole it and sold it to a pawn shop. So right. the guy stole it, the government got it back, and then and they then it, then it was up legally sold and legally sold it to somebody. <laughs> so a federal judge rules in this woman's favor, and she gets to keep it for nine hundred and ninety-five dollars. Oh my! And there are people at Sotheby's auction in New York, which Sotheby's is like the big auction. I don't know if you've ever heard of Sotheby's before, Mm-mm. but um, like the original rules of basketball. Um, actually were bought by some people from Lawrence, Kansas for $4 million. Like the handwritten rules of basketball by James Naismith were bought in a Sotheby auction for $4 million. That's how much this moon dust is supposed to fetch. And the lady bought it for $1,000. Oh my gosh. $4 million. Moon dust. (laughs) I I would like literally kill for some sort of piece of something from somewhere else. Like Like the article about this came out yesterday. Yeah. Actually, I, I heard something about it. I didn't know where this was going, but yeah, I, di- I did hear that, you know, unsuspecting woman comes across the moon dust, saw that. It's pretty interesting, but again, I'm not a huge space nut, so moved along a little bit. Well, You're- you told me you heard about something. What have you heard about? Everybody, Everybody have you heard? What have I heard about? I've heard about some killer nachos. Killer nachos. <laughs> right, you're going to love this. Well, I think we've all had I've it. been anticipating this. And we hear the term killer nachos, and we think, oh, yeah, I want those. Well, these are not some killer nachos you're going to want. These are uh, just some nachos that were sold in uh, Northern California. And um, since since the uh, initial sale, which was probably about half a month ago, there's been 10 people hospitalized. What? Uh, yeah. And evidently... <laughs> these are some nachos. These are some serious killer nachos. Um, just, I believe, yesterday, a father of two uh, just passed away from this, and the other nine are hospitalized, and I think two of them... Or in a coma, one being paralyzed. Okay. Do you know what they died from? They are infected with something called botulism poisoning. Oh, botulism. Mm. Botulism poisoning, yep. I've heard of this. Yes, it is awful. And what's really bad about it is it has no odor, and um, it has no taste to it as well. So there's really no way to know. Yeah, it's know? not like you open the bag of chips and there's mold on them. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You get a little bit of a smell, and you're like, eh, I don't know if I want this kind of stinky cheese. So... Uh, anyways, <laughs> I don't know if I want this, some of this kind stinky of stinky, right? So if you're ever in the Northern California area and you're going through a Valley Oaks Food and Fuel in Walnut Grove, I suggest you not eat the, uh, not the killer be, nachos. Not to be don't particular. Yeah, not to be particular. <laughs> Just going to be be straight to the point. Don't, don't go there. In the Northern California Valley Oak <laughs> Grove right. fast food right. fuel right. area. Now, good news is, good news is, is for the others that are still alive, they are being treated with an antitoxin um, from the Food and Drug Administration or something, something similar to that. I'm not sure. My memory's kind of. So, how does something broad. get botulism poison on it? Um, well, they're saying, it, is it some, is it like mold growth? Is it like something that just happens over time, or is it something someone has to actually put in and or on it? On well. It? From the stories that I've seen, um, it's really being kind of thrusted. The blame is being thrusted towards the manufacturer, which is uh, Gell Foods out of Wisconsin, if you'd like to know. 
so maybe not buy their products lately. <laughs> but uh, that, we're, that's we're in who a they're diss looking episode. Maybe just hurt our sponsorship chances. <laughs> with Gale yeah, Gale Foods. We're real sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but you know, good news for us. We're not eating your cheese. That's all hey, good. Hey, 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 <laughs> right? hey. But uh, it really, it's it's more on the manufacturer. And um, I, I guess uh, that's most of the story. The good news is they're being tra- treated with antitoxins, so their chances are going up. I thought, like, I, I feel like you can get botulism even in something that's like pasteurized. If it even you like, can. like, if, uh, I wish I knew off the top of my head, but it's like you can have canned food that has botulism in it. Is basically what I'm yeah. what I'm saying, like. It can survive the canning process sometimes and infect the food. And even a canned food that you think is good because it's canned, which could still potentially have botulism right. in it. And so side that's what's scary about botulism. Is it's you know it's paralysis, breathing difficulty, and death. Those are like the three main side effects. Which obviously none of those are even close to a cold. Yeah, <laughs> if I got a cold, I'd be all right. But. No, oh, you looking it up? Bad. I just Googled it, man. First thing that comes up, one dead and nine hospitalized with botulism after eating nacho well, cheese told sauce. Told <laughs> oh, it was a nacho cheese it sauce. It was the cheese. Yeah. That's so, why I said stinky cheese. That's why he said uh, <laughs> Gale Foods <laughs> in northern Wisconsin. I'm no sorry. longer a sponsor. I didn't mean to laugh because someone did die. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that, that part is it. Oh. Yeah, man, I hadn't heard about killer nachos. but I was I was thinking more something like, I don't know, you know, fifteen hundred jalapenos and some right. Hobbin, yeah, I was thinking about yeah, like or something like one of those bizarre foods or diners, drive-ins or something where they have that epic killer nachos challenge. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, this one, man versus food. bring it on. Right, you mm. got a fifty-fifty. You live, you get paralysis, or you win a t-shirt. Right. I, I've, been, I've been really wanting to go down to Quaker Steak and do their like six wing, like the the like. Oh, yeah. The thing they put your name on the wall, yeah. if you can do all six of them kind of thing. I thought about it one day. Yeah. Just six wings? Yeah, but it's, yeah. dude, dude. <laughs> it's what's on those six wings. Dude. Did you ever see that show, uh, Man vs. Food, yeah. where he went and did all the food challenges? Yeah. Okay, he goes and does, it's not, of course, the Quaker State here, but Quaker. he goes to a Quaker State. He couldn't finish, if I watched that correctly. No, I think he did it. Really? I think he did it, but it's, mm. oh my gosh, dude, it's like... Of course, is all sorts of hot sauces like blah, duh. Of course, that's it. But then it's like literally ghost pepper chilies, like like thirty of them, no, and they grind you. them up into a powder. They're dried ghost chilies, dry, grind them up into a powder, and then the wings themselves are coated in that powder. Like also all the just the <laughs> gnarliest hot sauce they've got with it's you know all sorts of extracts of habanero and all sorts of just ultra hot peppers, and then to finish it off, it's powdered ghost pepper all over the into outside but so they're he, so they're dry and powdery like a powdered donut but it's powdered death oh on the outside but does he get like blue cheese or ranch to no oh no thank you and i think it's also one of those things you can't drink anything while yeah, you do it yeah That's it's like it, extra awful but like i mean if you've seen that show you know he he's pretty yeah. he was a beast at getting stuff done yeah that was one of those where he was he didn't finish it oh apparently he didn't finish it producers tell me he didn't finish it <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that. Through the glass. Yeah, through the glass. Uh, but no. But it. Yeah. On the ones and twos. B- brutal. Any like, any time I see a challenge, I look at it and I go, you know, I think I could do it. But I'm pretty sure there's a reason why it's a challenge, and you get your name on the wall. So yeah, there's away from there's it. definitely a reason why yeah. you get a t-shirt. Yeah, right. Uh, in your right. You go through absolute misery. Here's a fifty dollar fifty t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be willing to do one of those 
like weight or amount of food challenges, but as far like as a six hot, stack burger, yeah, but as far as heat goes or something really spicy. Yeah, like, have you guys ever seen the movie The Great Outdoors? No, Great Outdoors, Great Outdoors. Is it? It's got uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. These guys go camping. It's like old school. Ah, oh, no. like from the nineties. You stumped us. I'm I'm sad that I haven't because I love those guys. <laughs> anyway, it's the the Great Outdoors. It's an older movie, but it's absolutely hysterical and. One part, John Candy eats something called the old 96er, and it's a 96-ounce steak that he has to eat. Oh, well. Of course John Candy did. It's like that same kind of thing where he's, like, sweating, and (laughs) he's almost done, and the guy makes him eat the fat. Oh, Oh, I have seen that movie. Oh, I was long time ago. I remember that scene. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's good. Where he's got to eat the fat. He's got to eat the fat. Yeah. You're not done. Malcolm. What have you heard about? All right, brother? quick fact. Everybody, have you heard? You ready? I'm ready. If you bought $5 of Bitcoin seven years ago, you'd be $4.4 million. Right oh, there. my gosh. Oh, my God. You know, I thought about it at the time. I really did. But I, I saw You've legal heard about troubles. Bitcoin. Yeah, I know Bitcoin. I saw legal troubles, though, and I said, eh, it'd probably disappear in a year or two. Correct. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So Correct. everybody was like, no, I'm not going to invest in that. I'm going to lose all my money. Even if it was 5 bucks, I'd lose 5 bucks. Evidently not. No man, that is crazy. <laughs> what 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 did you say? It was twenty seven hundred eighty six dollars per Bitcoin. Is yeah, what what's, that what's right? the exchange rate? Twenty seven hundred. Twenty seven. All right, how do you cash that in though? That's you gotta, riddle me that one, Batman. You got to know a guy. That right? is, that's <laughs> more than Google stock. Oh, for sure. Google stock's like a thousand or something last. But time it's I also looked. much more liquid. Yeah. So that's the other problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those. Gosh crazy crazy investments but it's probably run by these yeah. super hedge fund managers i mean you bringing it up a couple episodes back just made me think wow yeah man silk road and the built bitcoin stuff me? Mm-hmm. it was How, lucrative you could that, have hey you know you mentioned it in that episode of why uh the dude like would cover the the bitcoin loss if they lost any because mm-hmm. he was probably just like the investment amount of money in bitcoin he was probably getting rich every day just by yeah. no matter what i'm sure he knew somebody that was a bitcoin owner you know like someone but, no that but you know what i'm saying wrote though? the like, code for bitcoin yeah you know he's like oh it's cool i'll, I'll cover the expenses if you lose any like because he <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> it like, ain't nothing if it was going up you were talking about what the percentages of increase oh yeah had. no it was ridiculous oh my god it was, Five dollars? Yeah, bring that up and, and All right, so one month up eighty percent, three month up ninety nine percent, year to date up one thirty five a year, up a thousand eight hundred and four. That's a big jump. Five year up forty four thousand. Even bigger jump. I got five years. <laughs> I got five All years right. where I can invest. Here's my question. Two thousand dollars. What I would like to fi- think I could find two thousand dollars for just... the thought of a return of forty four thousand percent. Who's using me? this? That's my question. Where in in investments is it jumping to four what four thousand percent? Who's using it to make it jump that? The high? only what thing that hap- The only thing that makes sense is the yo yo of supply and demand. No one there's, has to be using. It. There's there got to be, be a such a low amount. supply. Yeah. And a high demand for it yeah. that they can charge that equation. The reason the demand is high is because it's clean money. Correct. You can, you can mm-hmm. 
international buy things and governments can't do anything about it. That's why I'm yeah. saying who's using it. It's anybody's using it. Like anybody. If, if, if I need Think to of, buy a left leg. It's not like you're going to buy a scooter with bitcoins. <laughs> no, you're but no, no. imagine like levies between countries of buying large things. Okay. Like for me to import a car from Japan, like they're going to charge an export tax and an import tax from the U.S., blah, blah, blah. And I'll have to pay for that. But if I buy it on the side and use Bitcoin, nobody gets anything and they just send me my car. So it's, I'm just, that's probably not how it would really go down. I'm just using (laughs) that as like a silly made up in my head example. Right. But it's, I don't know. I'm thinking of the mob somewhere sitting in a It's untraceable money. Like, like digital transactions have. (laughs) Make no mistake about it, gentlemen. If you think that the only people that are making money off of Bitcoins is nerds and hackers, then you're freaking naive. That's what I was saying. The people that are making money off that are mobsters and CEOs and oh, it's not just the hackers and the coders. Don't don't even be so naive as to think that these big business people and senators and shit aren't making money off of it too. Yeah. Don't don't (laughs) even. Forty four thousand percent return Anyone with a brain in their head that invests a dollar is going to look at Bitcoin and say, "I got a thousand dollars. I can give a shot at it." Yeah, right. maybe not Anthony Weiner, but every other every other politician. <laughs> so would I think I should have invested that five bucks. Now that I know, I mean, that was you said in two thousand seven, right? Yeah, so ten oh, years ago, well, two thousand ten. 2010, I believe. Oh, two, seven, so seven, seven years, years ago. Years. Okay, yeah. So in seven years, that type of return. Yeah. Why wouldn't anyone? Everyone. How would you pass? Well, yeah, on that? but you don't know it until now, and then you look back and you go, "Well, dang it!" But we're not you the only—we're not the only ones. We may are some of the people that are just finding this out, but we're not the only ones in the world that know that Bitcoin is that kind of what a leap. return. But that is insane. And I mean, I used to follow the stock market when I first started working at my job, and I started, you know, following other companies, and I would follow my father's company, and then Apple and Google and all these other things, and just to see how much the price per share was and what was realistic to buy stock and how much it would be how cool it would be to own stock somewhere you know and then when you see how cheap some shares of stock were like when arrow went down to like 13 cents per share oh it was sad i was like man i want to oh, see if i can get, a... I can get five t-shirts for 10 bucks man i was That's a good bargain why but do serious? you think they went on <laughs> right i was looking to think if i could get a loan to buy the damn company <laughs> like, <laughs> not a t-shirt we talked like, about this months wait, man, back it's a what, steal. <laughs> what did you say that they sold aeropostle for the entire company their debts all their stores everything they had in them for 300 million dollars wow. wow the whole company that's nothing I got a pair of jeans for seven bucks. They had like nine hundred stores, dude. Three hundred million dollars, but you had to assume all of their bad debt and all that. So anyway, I was like, I I, I wish I knew somebody that could loan me three hundred million dollars. I'd make it happen. I'd turn that place around. Mm -hmm. But that's that's neither. That's you know another (laughs) another day. So um, you got one more right, Hayden. I got another one. It's awfully nerdy, though. That's why we saved it for last. Yep. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's where I need that. Okay, so. Everybody, have you heard? The actual name, it's real hard to pronounce, but um, we're going to call this Tabby Star. And so this was an all-hands-on-deck um, back on May 19th for, like, astronomers across the planet to get down for. So there's this star out there. Uh, obviously, it, I don't remember the actual code letter call sign of the star, but it's nicknamed Tabby Star. Um, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and pronounce the actual word. 
Um, you got this. I think it's like a Hindi name, if I'm not, you know, like from India. This isn't a spelling bee. Um, but it's, <laughs> it, it's. This would be good. Boyahian, I think is how it's pronounced. Oh, Boyahian. Mm. Yeah, I've heard of it. Okay. That's, that's my guess. <laughs> okay, no. All right, so let me get that's to it. I heard. <laughs> so. It, does anyone ever remember, like, maybe potentially in, like, their Facebook feeds or anything like that that I they don't saw? Have oh, yeah, you guys don't do that. Thing. No. It might I have been have on your Twitter feeds or, you know, this is this was kind of a cool thing that it went around pretty heavily. Twitch so there's, there's a star that they're like, there's an alien civilization around this star. Okay. No, I think I've heard of it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, seriously. Okay. So... Do you guys know know how we discover exoplanets, like planets around other stars? Do you guys know how that happens? No. Mm, no. Okay, so we have big, gigantic, awesome telescopes. Would you be proud of me if I said yes? Oh, I would have been really proud of you. I know. Okay, so... I was going to say telescopes, so, though. But then he would have asked you to Short explain. story. So, sure. like, for example, like the Hubble telescope up in space, um, they could focus it on a spot. You know, pick a part of the sky, focus on it, and just record that image all day, every day, for a long, long time. And what they can do is they can measure if any of those stars have a dip in how bright they are. What that dip means is there's something going around that star that's coming between right. us and it. Right. So you mm-hmm. could imagine, think yeah. about our star and say every time Jupiter goes around and if you're in between the, the sun and Jupiter, like yeah, that on makes the other sense. side of the galaxy. It's like a break in the light. At us. It's, a, it's a blip. Okay. It makes the light of the star dim just slightly. Okay. Okay. So they can obviously measure that how many blips per day or per month or per year while they're looking at this star. They can figure all those things out. To by determine distance? To determine uh, the orbit speed of the whatever is going around it. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> so what they've discovered is there's this weird star, and they call it Tabby Star. It's named after the lady that discovered it. Um, it Is her name Tabby? Or did she name yes. it after her no, cat? No, her name is Tabby. <laughs> okay. Uh, or that might be her nickname, short, something like that. But it's called Tabby short Star. Nickname. Tabitha? Or it might be her cat's name. <laughs> so, a weird one named so either way, it it blips irregularly. Okay, As in, it doesn't have any sort of celestial bodies that rotate around it that make any sense. It's like totally irregular. Like there's the, the whole thing about, like I said, if you've seen your news feeds about there's an alien civilization around this star... Because everybody has this big theory that they've made what's called a Dyson sphere, which is basically making a giant sphere around any star. Oh. It's all solar panels, and you make a huge reactor out of a star, and that's how you power massive civilizations, is by making a Dyson sphere around a star. And what people think... No, I'm serious, dude. This is real. This is I like know real it's a theory. real theory, but <laughs> yeah. what the hell? No, I mean, like, okay, think, what if there's no energy left on Earth? What would you do? Fuck die? <laughs> Like true. I mean, <laughs> okay. If we were to try and live, the the best source of energy we have is the sun, right? Yeah. And so, yes. the in a, going a thousand years in the future, like super advanced civilizations, what they theorize would be the next step of perfect energy efficiency would be build what they call the guy that theorizes. His name is Dyson. Of course, you'd probably pick up on that. But they call he theorized a Dyson sphere, and it's literally just a huge web of rings that go around a star. It holds a bunch of solar panels, and you can just basically keep building and making it more and more and more. Just and floating there in outer space, just hanging orbiting out around rock. a star. Right. Okay, just rolling and around. just nothing but solar panels, and making the sun a huge reactor of energy. 
And so, so basically like there's people that are pretty hardcore that think that that's what's going on on this star across the galaxy. So aliens have solar panels put on this ring floating around this planet and we're looking at it from the side seeing blips going, that's what it is. Potentially. Okay. How, right. how much do you believe <laughs> All right. Oh, I don't think... I just think it's, it's just really, a fun theory. It's just a fun theory. Yeah. I don't really think that you there's know a yeah, funner. It's monsters from Space Jam up there doing it. That it might it be. It might be. I love those guys. But no, it's it's like it's just neat because like they've I mean they've tried to go through everything. Like, is there like a cloud of comets that are flying by? Are there, you know, is there an asteroid belt around this planet? Like, they can't figure out what's going on. Nothing. None of the math adds up to anything that they, that we know of in space right now. Oh, okay. So not, because the math panels. doesn't add up, <laughs> let's come up with this theory of aliens building no, solar I, panels, <laughs> throwing them around a star to refract the sun's energy back onto something to create life. But no, not create life. Electricity. electricity. Just to power, just okay. to power a civilization. Just to power saying. life. Right. Okay. Right, 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 yeah. my, excuse me. Thank you for the correction. <laughs> Pardon but me. That right there is an outlandish. Or outlandish. What? I thought it was logical. Okay. I mean, totally, he, yeah. he, he explained it very well. I no, know. I yeah, mean, it's got what be. I'm getting... What, this, I obviously was the listening. The theory comes from... The guy, he came up with the theory as in, like, if we were to go to the next step, what would we have to ultimately do? And so what he was... Die. <laughs> If we were to live, is I guess what I'm trying to say. So I, I mean, yeah, I get it. I no, I mean, it, like, there's enough raw material in the solar <laughs> system to do it. It's just a matter of could we do it. So I know you're laughing at me because it's silly. But no, no, no. I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> epic idea. It is, but, I mean, that's trying too hard to live, in my opinion. I think this Dyson guys. If the quick, Earth runs quick, out of energy. solar panels. If it's. The, it's if one the, of those things. It's a little bit of a time kind of thing. Like you, you, you build one ring, which of course is a massive project. You build one ring, and it's got an energy field, and it takes energy. Then you utilize the energy that it has to allow you to ma- to make more rings, which increases your. It, basically, it's an exponential gain. As you as you gain more power from the sun, okay. Let's let's stay here for a second. No, okay. no, no, no. Let's stay here for a second. So, let's <laughs> the. Someone could do this for Earth, is what you're saying? So this guy is saying, when the zombie apocalypse happens and we lose all of our power and the Earth goes, or the sun goes, listen, the sun goes black and we no longer have the sun, (laughs) but we still have stars in the sky and we need heat. This is an idea where we can, even though the sun's black and we, we need heat, we're still going to be able to send something up into space. No, this is to, not what I'm saying. To, to build <laughs> this, something nope, around a star. Nope. <laughs> no, no. So we're going to be preemptive, and we're going like, to build the this sun, now? The sun still has many billions of years left in its life. But this is making Earth... Then the, why the hell this is could this make guy Earth worried about this? No, 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 no. I, I think, no, is that I think what I'm saying? confused the shit. Okay, let me, let me clarify here. So Earth, right now, we have fossil fuels hydroelectric power all the, you know what if all of a sudden that kind of stuff started to not be here anymore like what if there were no more fossil fuels they're all gone what if like the sky is dark and black because we've got so much pollution in the air and we don't get solar panels on earth okay okay i'm i'm still with you okay as in we are lo- like we're like we need energy from something right we can't. We don't got any other thing. So we have to the get loss of the elements. We have the maybe loss wind of energy is a big thing. But I'm telling you, like, eventually you you expend all resources that are potentially possible for a size of a civilization on a planet. 
So you eventually reach that I point. That. I just don't understand how the sun is going to be replaced by a star or how a star is going to help do anything that the sun can't. No, no, no. The sun is a star. I know that. But, I know, what, I mean, but like, what I'm saying is no matter what, how many solar panels we put around any star, it's not going to refract even close to the amount of energy or whatever that the sun puts out. So how is that no, idea No, no, no. Even I'm not viable? talking about reaching out to other stars to get energy. I'm talking about that civil there's a potentially a civilization out there that's doing it around their sun to stay alive. To harbor energy. To to harbor for energy for that. themselves so, to expand their their civilization through their solar system. Utilizing the solar power as their only viable And the and energy. the bo- most efficient way of getting energy from the sun would be to build a sphere around it that is like a perfect source of the sucking the energy, radiation, all the stuff out of it to turn that into electric power to power everything. Because I don't even know this, but like one second of power from the sun, like if you were to, if you were to be able to capture all the power of the sun in one second, so just that amount of energy that comes out of the sun is enough to power like our current civilization for like 130 million years. That's how much energy is coming out of the sun at every given moment. It's just going in every direction, not towards us. Right. So if you make a sphere around it, you capture all that lost energy that's going out to other parts of space, and you can utilize it for yourself. Well, and that's kind of where I'm thinking about this. If if we're thinking that another civilization is doing this, they're not doing it around a star the size of the sun. They're doing it around a much smaller star. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, it just the scale of the operation would be different. So, yes. and that's where my brain was thinking of us trying to reach out to You're a You're not going to go star. after like a red super giant and try and do this. You're going to try to find a little tiny baby dwarf star, which actually our sun is in the category of dwarf stars. So yeah. we actually are quite small for stars star. as, as stars are concerned. Um, it's just like, you know, eventually if you get to a point where your civilization is say in the trillions and you, and you've got space stations that encompass our entire planet, we've got, civilizations on mars and venus and all that we've terraformed things and we're just like off the charts into the future we eventually need energy from something and you want to be more efficient of how you get it and that's where the dyson sphere comes into play that's what i'm saying like if you tell dyson he's a little if you get to the the end of the road of how do you get the (laughs) most efficiency out of a star you build a sphere around it to absorb that energy that's that's where the theory comes from do you have any idea where mr dyson receives his funding from Oh, this is like a something from a long time ago, like the fifties. I think <laughs> is when he came up with this theory. Mm. Man, I wonder why we never started building that that sphere. Because it's 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 a, no, it's it would require us to be millions of the years in the future of being more advanced technology wise. Like we, it would be something. That's what where, I'm saying. Why the hell was he even paid to think about that shit? <laughs> like it's literally a hundred and thirty yeah. million years away from even needing to be yeah. thought about. That's like Walt Disney's Epcot. It. You know, but it's you know what I'm idea, saying? But never they're gonna, gonna, they're gonna go back and see my writing in stone, and they'll call it the Dyson sphere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, people, arrogant people, that scientist. Theori- That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm making us talk about this for ten minutes is because I'm fired up about how ridiculous that guy got paid to work on that shit. I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think people just get get like cashed out on their theories. <laughs> Probably like, not. No. no, somebody funded his research. You know, well, yeah, somebody looked at Edison and said that fool. 
No, but I mean, worked. like, somebody also funded, like, laser research. And that was, what, 100 years ago? This guy's talking 130 million years into the future. No, for real. <laughs> like, like a long time ago, like, decades ago, somebody funded laser research with absolutely no idea of what the application would be. But lasers were not... They were founded on not and, and you're forgetting for that, that in purpose. The, the single so. principle of lasers is they're freaking cool. Yeah. All right? That's the other point. All right? <laughs> no, I mean, like, I'm not like... Something. Let me back up. I'm not poo-pooing on your total topic what i guess i know you're not you're just you're just giving me a hard time i'm I'm trying to be like okay let me think about this first of all why in the hell is this guy even thinking about this (laughs) just don't worry about it like let's just throw up a sphere around a star some people are thinkers and they get why can't he solve problems that we're currently going through why does he got to worry about when all energy runs out he's famous for a lot of other things i wish i could read to you a vacuum is he the vacuum (laughs) dyson is that that the same guy I, no, no. You said Nail it was on the like, head on that one. As soon Dyson. as you said something like a sphere, I was thinking about like a no. You know what? Dyson Dyson ball. His cousin yeah. was the one with the vacuum, so he's sitting back going, "Dude, I got to come up with something." <laughs> yeah, that's right. This guy's making me look bad. It was. Mm-hmm. It was his cousin. Solar yep. panels. No, I mean just. <laughs> we just. I got... liked it though. No, I liked it. I feel educated, kind of. It's if I, I guess I would ask the question to you just as a uh, as a fun experiment of okay. like just thinking and trying to theorize and you know. If where would be the ultimate source of energy? Like if we had to pick the ultimate, but source. it's also under the same assumption that there will in at that time that there will be the ability to do that. Like meaning that those things will still be there the way that we see them today. So like I just I don't see the point in looking thirty days ahead, let alone one hundred and thirty <laughs> million years ahead. So if you ask anyone that knows me, I'm just not a planner. Maybe that's just my natural tendencies coming out saying, What is this guy even doing? But yeah. fun theory though. It is yeah, no, I mean, it's it not my fun. theory. I just think it's very interesting. Oh, no, it's it's, your, it's oh, no it's secret like, that if you take a light and you put a refractive circle around that light, it's gonna shoot that energy that way. But that's so not what that they're doing. That's not what they're not doing. A secret. That's not what they're doing. Like there is, there's no refracting anything. It's literally just a sphere where the inside of the sphere is solar panels that are absorbing sunlight and turning it into electricity. And then conveying it back down to the recipients by telepathy or <laughs> no, I mean, like, that's what I'm talking like about. The, that's no, no, that's no. why I'm so no, no, like, no, no. like the, uh, <laughs> an addition. Okay. I didn't cover this part. There's also other parts because I was being a shit. You would I'm end sorry. up living like you would build a civilization on the outside of the Dyson sphere. Like, Oh, even better. Like, <laughs> it's just a giant space station. Like, um, Futurama. Correctly. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Correctly. I mean, really? I That's okay. yeah. All right, whatever. And now I've now I have a visual, so now I'm good. I'm with it. Nothing's impossible. No. <laughs> I no. just all I needed was the Futurama thing, yeah. and now I'm oh, good. now I'm there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm there. Hayden will be Fry. Uh, definitely <laughs> Fry. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I had fun with that. I'm sorry I was a jerk. It's I, okay. I didn't mean to attack you like I'm, that. I'm not attacked. But, but I did. <laughs> I, I meant to attack your scientist. I'm sorry, Mr. Dyson. Well, I'm going to call Dyson even though I think he's dead now. He should have been He should have been as forward-thinking as his cousin Wait, with the vacuum. before I die. <laughs> <laughs> Tell, Tell them about the solar panels. <laughs> Tell them about the sphere. Oh, his, well, I, I, okay. his cousin I, heard the sphere and so turned it into a vacuum. I, I, here's a, here's the last point to this. So I'm excited to hear the data that comes through because I, I I mentioned this at the beginning but never really clarified what I was talking about. So May 19th was like all hands on deck time for Tabby Star. 
So, because it was, it was about to be one of those blips. About to be one of those wild blips that okay. they can't figure out, and they wanted everybody to look at it. Like, if you got a big, high-powered telescope, let's let's do it. Record it. You know, we want the data because they want to be able to get it from as many angles from as many people as they can, and try and figure out what's going on with this star because it's a total anomaly. They don't know what's going on. No spatial bodies that we can calculate that we are aware of makes sense with any of the math of the orbital patterns of things going around this star. Hmm. So they went to the only thing that they could think of was, Hey, maybe there's actually a Dyson sphere on this star. Like we, that, you know, he theorized way back in the day. Yeah, maybe. So <laughs> it could be, there's a whole lot of stars out there, man. Yeah, man. There was a whole other internet. I didn't know about. Yeah. I'm sure there's a Is whole other stars. I, I, I could almost about. assure there's a whole nother part of space that we <laughs> sure as hell don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I guess there. I'm just, throw in shade at mr dyson i apologize may you rest in peace so <clears throat> anyway can you give us that name one more time of that okay i'm gonna spell it just okay okay it's b o y a j i a n boyahian it's boyahian. definitely boyahian <laughs> boyahian or no no the j is not in there i don't think well j's are silent it's yogging yeah it's definitely yogging <laughs> <laughs> So, man, that was a good one. <laughs> About to get ramped up. Listen, everybody, I appreciate you guys joining us for Have You Heard, and we're going to catch you on the next episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, we love to hear your feedback. Do us a favor and go to your Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and click that like and follow button for all your episode updates and releases. Like us at The Big Red Van Podcast on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Big Red Van Pod. And as always, you can just send us an old-fashioned email at thebigredvanpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and it means the world. Just share us with a friend.